Hi, welcome to Off the Wall with Tracy Ricks Foster. Thank you so much for tuning in. First of all, the Tracy Ricks Foster Show is brought to you by Blue Lotus Hill Designs. Blue Lotus Hill Designs is a textile and jewelry design company. Get into it. You can find Blue Lotus Hill Designs on Instagram and Facebook and online at b.bluelotushilldesigns.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've been away for a little bit because I have been just working so hard and studying so hard to to, you know, obtain my 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 degree and I am so happy to say that I am a graduate of 2020. So, yes, and yay, I am so thrilled and I'm beyond beyond excited and happy. It's a lot of work, but the journey continues I still have some things some goals that I would like to accomplish and I'm working towards them so yes this was a goal and a milestone achieved so what do we do next we continue on we set those goals and we begin to check them off as we uh, accomplish them right yes 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 um, if this is your first time tuning in to Off the Wall with Tracy Ricks Foster, I want you to know that this is a podcast that's about uh, kindness, it's about love, it's about inspiration, it's about encouragement, it's about enlightenment, it's about uplifting one another, it's about being in tune with what the universe has in store for us. It's about walking in your truth. It's about being authentic and transparent. And that's what this show is all about. Um, there's no pretense on my part. There is no, um, I'm not judging anyone. And I'm, I hope that when you come and you spend time with me that you are open-hearted and that you are also open-minded and that your, your, your eye of perception is operational. Because if you don't have those things in play together, then you won't enjoy this show. <laughs> you won't enjoy my podcast. You know, when I first decided to get into um, podcasting, and I've been doing this for a very, very long time, and when I first became involved in it and I started podcasting, I, I was unsure as to the, the direction I wanted to go in, how I wanted to be able to use my voice and, you know, how I wanted to interact with the world and what kind of impact my voice, what type of impact I wanted my voice to have on my listeners. And for a while I began to feel insecure and uh, I lacked self-confidence and my self-esteem was low regarding this. And you know, I just said one day, mm, if you get out here and you do the work, <laughs> the rest will come. But first, you have to get out here and do the work. You can't say, I, I am, uh, I, I suck at building a house when you haven't nailed wood 
to wood yet or you haven't even mixed the cement up yet or you haven't done any of the things that it takes to build a house but you're going to say oh I'm just not good at building houses just you what you have to do is you have to get out here and do it right and that's what I've learned just get out here and do it and whatever it is that you need to learn it's going to come to you someone's going to teach you someone's going to point you in into the direction that you need to head in to learn what you need to learn you just have to get out here and do it and that is what I have learned and that's why I am consistent with walking in my dream what does walking in your dream means it means that every day you are doing something or right you are doing something that has to do with a goal or a dream that you have. And one of my dreams, or one of my goals, well, I'm gonna remain silent about my dreams, because sometimes you have to, you know, you have to move in silence when you're doing certain things. Everybody, everybody doesn't need to know everything. But I am walking in my dream right now. And that is not easy, because sometimes I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> because you know I'm warring with myself and I have to get rid of the feelings that I'm not good enough that I'm not I'm not Oprah Winfrey <laughs> you know but guess what I'll never be Oprah Winfrey I'll never be her you know, I, I, that's not who I am I am Tracy I am Tracy Ricks Foster and I have to figure out what that is <laughs> and the only way to figure it out is I have to be I have to be present in my dream I have to walk in my dream and so that's what I am doing right now I am walking in my dream one of the things that I have learned about walking within your dream is that you're always going to be your worst enemy. You are always going to be your own worst enemy because we say, oh, you know, our fam my family doesn't support me. My friends don't support me. My, my fellow employees don't support me. You know, my employer doesn't support me. I don't get any support. Nobody cares about my dreams nobody cares about what i'm doing people could really care less and if and and, and and you know i people just tell me oh your dreams are you know your dreams aren't worthy your dreams aren't worth accomplishing your dreams are just that dreams that should stay there you know we say all these things about other people but in reality that's what we're saying about ourselves because let's, let's face it our dreams are our dreams. They have nothing to do with anyone else. Now, if other people want to share in them, that's fine. You know, and there's some dreams where it takes an audience of people to accomplish what we set out to do. But first, you have to bring the dream to fruition. You have to bring the dream to life. And in order to do so, you you, the architect, has to believe in the dream. Because see, if you don't believe in the dream, no one else is going to believe in it. If you don't put forth that effort to bring your dream to life, why should anyone else? 
If you're not walking in your dream every single day, then why should someone else support you? Why should someone say, hey, I want to hitch my wagon to that. But you're going nowhere. In fact, you're stuck in the mud. Why would I hitch my wagon to you and you're stuck in the mud and you don't know how you're going to get out of it? Think about that. I only want to hitch my wagon to your dream when you have successfully showed that you were stuck in the mud and through hard work, you were able to get out of the mud. I'm going to want to know how you did that. And I am inspired because I don't want to get stuck in the mud. And sometimes I do. And I need help. I need to know how I can get to where you are. So the only time that we're going to get to a point where someone else is going to be able to be able to hitch their wagon to our truck or our dream is that we have to get there first and we have to show other people by our actions and how we live our lives that this dream that we have is worth their support. And you know what? If they still don't give it, that's their loss. That's not ours. That's theirs. And maybe they have a dream that they want to come to fruition and perhaps we'll be able to help them get that start that they need, that jump start that they will need to fulfill their dreams. Who knows? But everything at the end of, at the end of the, at the end of the day, everything comes down to what we are doing and what we are doing for ourselves. You know, I heard something interesting today and you always hear well, I do. I always hear things, uh, uh, gems of wisdom. I always hear them from the strangest places, <laughs> places that I would never expect to hear them. I hear these gems of wisdom that I find that I can use for my own self. I mean, throw the person away, but what they said I can use, you know? I was listening to Angela Stanton on The Breakfast Club and I was um, I was watching the video on YouTube and I think she was on The Breakfast Club about a week or so ago, maybe, maybe longer, I don't know. But um, she was on there talking and you know, she said some things that I of course do not agree with. However, she was on the subject of welfare moms. And she was saying that um, people who are on welfare, many people who are on welfare do not need welfare. What they need is help and being able to establish themselves and to be able to do for themselves. That is what people who are on welfare need and that's why there should be provisional welfare for uh, for people who need it that the main goal should be getting out of poverty and the way you get out of poverty is by getting off of the welfare rolls and becoming self-sufficient now 
At first glance, you would say there's a lot problematic with what you just said, Tracy, and from what Angela said. However, the gems that I gleaned from that, being that I was a single parent on um, public assistance, and there were moments of time within my marriage where we became <laughs> recipients of public assistance or welfare. One of the things, the mentality that you must have when it comes to being at your lowest, the mentality that you have to have is that you want to rise up. You want to do better. You want to do more. And what people forget about systemic racism in this country and what people forget about those who are receiving welfare, what they forget is that receiving public assistance is not a badge of honor. Receiving public assistance is depressing. It's depressing when you only get a certain amount of money to spend on your kids, when you only get a certain amount of money to spend on food for your family, when you only are allowed to live in certain types of housing because of your lack of income or low income status. That does a lot to you as a human being. That does a lot to your psyche. That does a lot to your self-esteem. It does a major number on what you feel you can accomplish as an adult. Especially if you have children as well. It makes you feel less than. And the way society, this society is made, is created. It's not really, it was not created to be inclusive. It was created for only one group of people to make it. And when it comes to African-Americans, when we find ourselves in a position of receiving public assistance, when you say that there's more, I can receive more, I can become self-sufficient. We have to look beyond that and define what does that really mean. Does self-sufficient means that I work two, three, four jobs to make a living wage in this country to support myself and to support my family? Does it mean that I get a, a, a substandard, uh, subpar education? What does that really mean when we say, well, people who are on welfare should have the mentality of being self-sufficient and that's why it should be there is a provisional welfare or welfare with time limits see when i heard her say that 
usually as a person like myself who was a former welfare recipient when I hear things like that I I feel that it's disingenuous and I feel that even though there may be one two three ten a hundred who of people or from former African-American welfare recipients who have overcome that status and moved on to greater things, the majority of people who are welfare recipients, their stories don't turn out that successful. They can't say that they left the welfare roles and started their own businesses and, 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 and got degrees and went on to do other things fantastically and they're not able to say they went on to to live the American dream because it doesn't turn out like that for many people. And so what we have to ask ourselves as a society, we have to ask ourselves how we can become more inclusive because in the end, inclusivity it's what's going to erode poverty. And you may say, well, how is that? First of all, allowing people who are impoverished, allowing them to have a seat at the table, allowing them, when they say to you that $8.25 an hour is just not enough. When they say to you, I need at least $11 an hour so that I can put my family in a comfortable situation where they can live and be comfortable in clean surroundings where we, that will help elevate them, elevate them mentally, get them out of the depression or depressive state that they're living. When we sit back and we listen to the plight of the impoverished and what they really need and what their desires are, then maybe we will be able to get rid of the welfare roles, get rid of that institution. It should always be there based on need. Let me be clear on that. That's our obligation to one another as Americans in this country and as human beings. However, we need to provide a basis. We need to provide real assistance to those who are on welfare. And that assistance is making sure that they are able to make a living wage, to be able to feel good about themselves. We feel good about going to the store and getting their kids the things that they need. Feel good about, hey, I need to take off work because my, my son and my daughter is ill. And I'm on that tangent because, like I said, you can find gems 
coming out of people that you don't readily agree with. And that was something that I took away from Angela Stanton and I meditated on it and then I went over and tried to develop a solution because she's right in one aspect, but how can we build on it? And to me, that is the hallmark of critical thinking. That also should be the hallmark of the political conversation or conversations that we have in this country. Because for me, I'm always thinking maybe 25 steps ahead because I'm an overthinker. And being a psychology major, I'm always thinking beyond what I see. And I'm always getting to the root of certain issues. And I think that the problem that we have right now in the United States is that we're only thinking about temporary things politically instead of thinking about long-term situations. We're not thinking about tearing down and rebuilding. We're just talking about removing and building on top of. And see, that is, that hasn't worked. It's like you have a house that is infested with termites and all kinds of vermin and it's just a, it's just a hot mess. And then you say, well, I'm going to go in and I'm just going to clean it out and you know, fumigate it, put a tin over it, and everything would be fine. But the reality is everything is not fine. Everything is not fine. The termites have eaten through everything. You got rodents crawling through your walls. They, they've jacked up your plumbing. They've jacked up your electricity. Um, you have holes in the roof from the vermin that's outside trying to get in or has, has gotten in and, you know, you have a serious thing going on, so what should you do? What we do as human beings in cities and townships and, and, and suburbia across the nation, we condemn this place and we tear it down. Now in some cities, we let it stay there until somebody burn it down, it's abandoned forever. But that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> the point is, is that we tear the structure down. And if we are able to afford the land, then we build something else on top of it. And that's what I'm saying. There are certain, there are certain institutions and, 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 and found certain institutions in this country that needs to be torn down. And then we need to rebuild on top of it. And the discussion should be not just let's get rid of A, B, and C, but once we get rid of it, how can we, re how can we rebuild and rebuild in a way, in a way that's inclusive for everyone, where everyone will benefit, not just cert certain classes and certain economic uh, parts of this country. How about everyone benefits in some type of way? And when you talk about um, people who are low income or impoverished 
and who want to work and receive a living wage, then you hear a lot of business owners saying, well, I can't give, I can't pay so-and-so. If I paid everybody, all my employees, $11 an hour, well, then I wouldn't make any money. Well, then you need to change that. <laughs> then you need to fix that. Then obviously you shouldn't be in business if you want to nickel and dime everybody. You shouldn't be in business. If you can't afford to pay your employees $11 an hour, then maybe you shouldn't be in business. That's the bottom line. Because see, everybody deserves to go home to a warm house when necessary, a cool house when necessary. They need to have running water. They need to be able to safely lay their head on their pillow. They need to be comfortable and they need to have that same comfortability for their children. And they may not know live in the finest house as you, finest houses as you may live in. They may not own their own property. They may be just renters, but they should have a good quality of life because they are an American. And when I hear businesses say, well, I can't pay a living wage. I don't want to pay a living wage. You know what that says to me? That says to me that you are greedy, you are single-minded, and you are a contributor to the reason why there is welfare in this country. Instead of you, business people and other people who are capitalistic in nature, instead of you saying, Instead of you saying, well, these people, welfare people, low income people need to get off the roads to get a job. Why not you say or realize that it's because of you that a lot of people are on welfare. You are the reason why there is chronic welfare usage in this country. You are the problem because when you say I can't pay my, my employees a living wage, then what are you saying? You are essentially casting them into a world where they're going to have to depend on the government to help them. And when I say depend on the government, the government's money come from you, the taxpayer. So wouldn't it be better if you just go ahead and pay, pay your employees the living wage and help them get out of poverty? Instead of complaining about welfare? See, we have to do more in this country. We have to do more than just talk. We have to do more than just surface think. We have to develop a sense of really looking beyond the issues and knowing, learning what the solutions are and implementing them. That is what we have to do as a society. And until that happens, we're going to have the, the chaos that we are experiencing today. That's going to be the norm. We're always going to have these riots and these protests in the streets. We're going to have athletes walking off of their, their, their courts or baseball fields, football fields, 
hockey arenas, we're going to continue to have that. Your life is going to be interrupted greatly until we all figure out how we're going to get out of this mess. And it starts with each one of us really thinking and coming up with a solution that's going to help the masses, not just one or two groups of people. And I think also that a lot of us, we have to start holding one another accountable and start holding people who are in power accountable, not just our, uh, our uh, presidents. We have to hold Congress accountable, our local congressman, our local senator. We have to hold them accountable. Hold your mayor accountable. Hold, hold them accountable. Your, your councilman, your councilwoman, holds them accountable for what they're doing or what they're not doing for you in your city. We have to do that. And then we have to collectively hold the president accountable for what he or she does or does not do. We have to hold our employers accountable for what they do or what they do not do. We have to hold uh, our capitalistic society of corporations and billionaires. We have to hold them accountable as well because they are the reason that a lot of this S is happening in the world today, primarily in our country. They are the reason because billionaires and zillionaires, they want to keep their money. And in order to keep their money, they believe they got to keep everybody else down. It's the truth. So we have to start thinking of being inclusive as a society, regardless of what segment we may be in. We have to think of being inclusive and including everyone, not just a few, not just our friends, not just the people that we socialize with. It has to be everyone. Because when we don't, chaos reigns. Nobody likes to turn on their television and see riots and see the mayhem that's going on in the streets today. No one wants that. I don't like it. But until we have some type of um, some type of discussion on how we are going to dismantle white supremacy in this country and how we are going to actively defeat racism in this country, well then we are going to continue to see what we see on TV every day. And when I hear people on television like. Uh, Fox News. I hear people like Tucker Carlson and others say, well, you know, um, the reason why such and such happened is because, you know, black people is this and Black Lives Matter sucks and Black Lives Matter is the reason why there's chaos and stuff on the street and we don't need to march and marching should be over. We don't need protesting. Protesting should be over. You know, I hear crazy stuff like that. I want to ask that person, do you think that 
we as Americans, that the ills of that the ills of society that Americans feel that we shouldn't have a voice and opinion about it. That's what I want to know. How do you or how would you express your feelings about the angst that you're feeling about your employer or about your landlord? What would you do? If you're buying into something and you're buying into it and you're giving your hard earned money to it, and you're not getting any dividends. In fact, you're being robbed daily. What would you do? How would you feel? In what manners would you express yourself? See, and would you want me to tell you <laughs> to express yourself or uh, how the manner in which you should express yourself or what avenues you should you should take to express yourself would you even want me to do that for you would you want me to define that for you I mean is it really any of my business how you do so I'm See, what my job is and what white America's job should be at this time, what, we sh what they should be is listening. <laughs> Listen. And if you can offer help, offer the help. But I want to say to people like Tucker Carlson and those who, who think like him, such as President You-Know-Who, you're on the wrong side of history, man. You're on the wrong side of history. It's time that you reprogram the way you think and start listening to the people who truly make this country work. Okay? Because unbeknownst to a lot of people, yes, you have your Bill Gates, you have the Rockefellers, and you have all of these people who, you know, who make, the, make our capitalistic society what it is. But guess what? To keep that machine going and to keep it oiled and greased down and working properly, you gotta have us. <laughs> you gotta have us that other segment of society that you like to ignore until you can't anymore. That segment of people. And that's the segment of people that deserve to be heard. You know, I just, it's it just it's to me it's just mind-boggling to 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 really see and know that in 2020 a time where I never thought that I could watch a movie on a self-held telephone <laughs> I never I never thought that 
But, you know, that's a progression of time and technology. But I never thought that in this time period that we would still be having a discussion on race. That we will still be having a discussion on whether or not Bruce Patal Bruce police brutality exists. I would not have thought that we would still be having a conversation about whether or not systemic race systemic racism exists. I mean, I actually heard a government official, someone part of the you know who's administration say that there is no such thing as systemic racism. Every time I hear a white person say that there's no such thing as racism, I want to ask them, I want to say to them, well, of course you don't think that because you're white. Have you asked a black person lately? <laughs> Have you asked a Hispanic person lately? Does racism exist? Have you asked them that question? Because if, if, if you because obviously you haven't so your answer to does systemic racism exist is uninformed so the answer you have given is uninformed and inaccurate because in fact systemic racism does exist and until we really get down to the nitty-gritty and figure this out it's gonna continue but the wonderful thing is is that this generation is putting their feet down <laughs> I love it I am enjoying it because it's it, for me it feels like <clears throat> excuse me my generation my generation and I I am 50 something my generation our parents and our grandparents were part of the civil rights movement of, of the civil rights era and we received some of the benefits that they worked for. And we tried to gather, keep the momentum going, but our ranks were infiltrated. Our ranks were infiltrated and our part of the legacy of civil rights and the end of, 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 of racism was sold because our one, our arm of it, our leg of it, our legacy to end systemic racism in this company, in this country, our arm of it was hip hop. That's our legacy. That was our form and our medium of combating, combating racism and white supremacy.
but as with any movement, it becomes infiltrated and then it's, it's bought and sold. And so that made us as a generation that made us impotent. So it's wonderful to see new life being breathed into something that was dormant and thought to be dead. And I applaud all the people and the, the protesters. I applaud them because we have to keep this going. This cannot be a movement that begins and ends. It has to be continuous because let me tell you, the police officers, they're going to continue to shoot people down. They're going to continue to shoot uh, brothers and sisters down. That's not going to stop unless we have some heavy hitters ready to dismantle this system. But those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Thank you for tuning in this week to uh, Off the Wall with Tracy Ricks Foster. I really appreciate it and thank you for listening and supporting my, uh, my little channel here. I'm going to expand soon and perhaps you'll be able to see me on YouTube and all of those great things. I'm excited about that. But first of all, I need to continue to walk in this dream, which is to get my podcast really moving along and it's, it's, it's doing and I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of you for taking the time to listen to me and to invite me into your homes or your cars or wherever it may be that you are when you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for doing so because when you support me, you're supporting my dreams and you're hitching yourself to my dreams and thankfully I'm not stuck in the mud anywhere. <laughs> thankfully I'm not stuck in the mud anywhere. So when you, you hit your your wagon to, to me, to my dreams, we're going places, okay? We are going places. So thank you. And I want you to have a wonderful day. And remember, walk in your dreams.